and welcome everybody to the People Champion podcast, a podcast designed for innovation-driven HR professionals in Kenya and Africa at large. Our conversations here are centered around three key pillars, technology and innovation, culture and organization building, and people development. My name is Pilin Kasar. I have been in the HR tech space for the last four years, and I'm currently working at the People Company as the Community Development Lead. And I'll be co-hosting this podcast with my colleague, Toussaint, Olinde. Olinde, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, everyone. Excited to have you listening on this podcast. Uh, my name is Toussaint Olinde. I am also working at the People Company, and every day I am falling in love with tech and HR. Over to you, Pili. Oh, thank you, Olinde, as am I. So I'm convinced that today's discussion is going to be one for the books. I don't think that there has been a more perfect time to have this conversation on psychological safety in the workplace than now, and you couldn't have possibly picked a better guest. Our guest today is first and foremost a mother of two and is a HR professional who thrives on helping others, paying it forward, learning from others and building genuine connections. She has over 14 years of HR experience working with various organizations in the service industry, KPS Limited, in diplomatic missions with the British High Commission, and in manufacturing, and is currently working in manufacturing at Allpark Industries Limited in the IPS group under AFKED, AFKED as the head of HR. Some of the things she greatly values include integrity, collaboration, fairness, organization agility, and the future of work. She is also extremely, extremely passionate about employee well-being and employee wellness, which led her to becoming a certified mental health champion. Now, outside of work, she likes to spend time with family, enjoys hiking and community service. Barbara Gatubuta, thank you so much for joining us today. We are truly humbled to have you here. How are you doing today? I am very well, Pili. I am greatly honored to be taking part in this conversation and this topic that's very, very dear to my heart. And thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. You know, before we even get down to the questions, I was going through your bio and I was wondering what it takes to be a certified mental health champion. Maybe you could give us some tips and talk, talk, to, us, talk to us a little bit about that. Um. Okay, you uh, during COVID, the, the, when COVID, um, the pandemic was um, announced and everybody went into lockdown, a lot of people were affected by mental health issues, being uh, locked up in the house, uh, not being able to take part in your daily activities. So one day as I was um, browsing around in the internet, I saw this organization um, called Mental Health Champions in, in Kenya. So it's, it was started by a lady called Dr. Margaret, who is also very passionate about mental health. And she set out to be able to have a, a thousand mental health champions in Kenya and spread that to Africa. So she was enrolling people. So she would have a session of uh, around six weeks training. Um, and during that training, somebody would be assigned a counselor so that then you can be able to also have your mental health checked into. And at the end of that period, then um, you would be qualified to become a mental health champion so that then you can be able to help others who are undergoing challenges to do with mental health. 
Yeah, so that's how I came about it. I um, It was online somewhere when I was browsing or somebody sent me a link, I can't quite remember. So that's how I joined the movement. And I am proud to say that I am a certified mental health champion. Wow, I, I really love that. I feel like it speaks to, you know, your heart of helping others, like we just, you know, talked about briefly. So maybe we can just get to begin and I think would start off by just defining concepts, you know. Uh, we're talking yes. about psychological safety. And I'd, I wonder if you'd help us understand the concept of psychological safety. You know, it will be a refresher for those who know and maybe new information for those who don't. So what is psychological safety? Now, psychological safety is the ability to show or be able to express oneself without fear of any negative consequences in your self-image, your status or career. And this is basically in the workplace. So it is a shared belief held by members in a company, in a department or in a team that it is safe for them to be able to express themselves without having any negative reprisals from their team members. So they will not be embarrassed, they will not be rejected, or they will not be punished for speaking up. So, and when there is that um, physical, psychological safety, then people, when they have a challenge, they are able to ask for help, they admit to their mistakes. If there are concerns, they raise them up, they don't hide them under the carpet, they suggest ideas, and they also come up with new ways of, of working. All right. So I feel like that definition can, in, in a way, be re relatable when it comes to conversations around mental health. And we know yes. that, you know, that topic is quite broad. So I'd also like for you to help us differentiate now where psychological, psychological safety comes in uh, from the other concepts around mental health in the workplace. Okay, so maybe I can start now when we Become, we, we talk about now psychology. Let's first of all define what is psychology. So psychology is the study of the mind and behavior mm -hmm. and how the mind works and how it affects our behavior. So the American Psychology Association also adds that it embraces all aspects of human experience from functions of the brain to actions of nations, from child development to the care of the aged. So it works in helping in improve the individual well-being and it's very important in this increasingly complex world where we are living in. So now when you come into that psychological safety, so you see it's about the well-being of the person in the, the whole person. And then mental health is about how we think, feel, and behave. And it also stems from the mind. So anxiety and depression are common mental health problems that we are experiencing right now because of uh, the various issues that we have experienced in the world from the, the pandemic that we experienced. And then now, again, most recently, the Ukraine-Russia war. So all those are things that are affecting people on a day-to-day -day basis and bringing about a lot of uh, job insecurity. So they lead to both physical and psychological damage, which include anxiety, depression, which can at times can be very debilitating and affect how people are able to um, perform at their jobs and be able to make meaningful uh, contributions to society. So I hope you have gotten now the psychological uh, safety and also now the other mental health issues that 
we have at the workplace and all those stem again when they come around to being not having a safe space because if you're not able to um, express yourself you're not able to say how you're feeling then that means you're not feeling safe so the psychological safety is missing those are really important concepts and uh, it's sad that it's only in recent years that the business world has been more uh, attuned to these concepts uh, with their employees. And uh, so I'm curious about the place of uh, the, the, the concepts around psychology uh, and uh, psychological safety in particular in, 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 uh, in the African uh, landscape, in the African business landscape. Uh, how, how much do you think that it has evolved uh, the, the conversations about these concepts, how much do you think they have evolved and how much do you think still has to be done to get to, to where it needs to be? Um, in terms of the African continent and mental health, um, Africa still has a long way to go in terms of mental health awareness and care. And that now also translates to the importance that these topics are given in the workplace. So for in, in Africa, mental health is really highly stigmatized. And there is not there, we don't even have enough health facilities or resources for people. In Kenya, we know for a very long time that um, issues to do with mental health have only, we've only had one hospital, Madari Mental Hospital, which was set up by the, by we say the colonists a long time ago, and which was a way of ensuring that um, they keep the African population in check. And so since then, even when you have a mental, when you have a problem, it's only, it was very, very traumatizing for even somebody to be taken to Mathari Hospital here in, in, in Kenya. And if you're taken there, then people would think that you're a madman, the kind of person who you will meet while walking on the streets. It will not be seen that, that it's somebody who really has something that, um, they need to be taken care of, that it's something that is a disease, like the way you can have a, a lung disease or a heart problem. It was taken out of context complete, completely. And then the other, the other thing why this has not been really emphasized in the African continent is that we have many, many more challenges to deal with. So we have poverty, we have one con conflict, a lot of countries are affected by that, insufficient resources, a lack of awareness. And then we also have a lot of other communicable diseases like HIV, AIDS, cholera, malaria, that African governments have to prioritize those in terms of helping people survive. So that means that mental health goes to the back burner. And so I think um, the last few years from when COVID was, um, came into being, I think the world, everything accelerated. So I think also in Africa, that has also led to the acceleration. We are seeing a lot more discussions in social media about people suffering from depression. Uh, suicide cases are being highlighted just to which has brought to the forefront the need for people to be able to take mental health seriously. All right. Yeah, it's, it's a very sad thing. I, I believe that uh, uh, the stigma around uh, mental health is still going on in Africa today because uh, I believe maybe with uh, with time people will will understand the importance of having strong and and 
of having mentally strong workers, mentally strong citizens that can drive forward a country, a continent. Yeah, maybe uh, just to have our listeners have a timeline uh, on, on when uh, these ideas of, of the importance of psychology, psychological safety, mental health, uh, when, when these ideas started to be accepted in the business world, because sometimes we feel like people go to work, we work like robots. You only have, uh, you go from, from nine to five, you do your work, you go back home. But understanding these concepts around mental health, uh, I think they have allowed some companies to, to uh, be more uh, performant. So can you tell us about uh, maybe a timeline on when uh, the ideas around uh, mental health and psychological safety started to get into the business work? Uh, thank you very much, Jasant, for that question. Um, to give a brief um, timeline, so in 1960s, in the 1960s, um, some two scholars, Shane and Benis, um, did a study on group phenomenon that reduces interpersonal risk. And they did a paper called Personal Organization Change Through Group Methods, their laboratory approach in um, 1965. So they came up with that concept about uh, the group approach. And they, sta the, they, they stated that psychological safety reduces a person's anxiety about being basically accepted and worthwhile. And then in 1990, um, William Kahn, a renowned uh, psychologist also uh, brought about um, interest in psychological safety on, with his paper called Psychological Conditions of Personal Engagement and Disengagement at Work, where he described that uh, psychological safety as the ability for someone to employ or express themselves physically, cognitively, or emotionally are very important while at work. And then also during that same period, uh, progressive management concepts came into being such as safety culture and the Toyota production system TPS um, was introduced as an emerging con concept in terms of uh, safety in the workplace. And this was basically also now in terms of uh, physical safety, where em um, employees were empowered to raise concerns or issues around safety and process in the manufacturing process. So there was an and on code that uh, Toyota uh, introduced that when you're uh, producing parts in a vehicle, there was a code that if you discovered that there was a problem, rather than passing on that problem to the next person, you would pull that and on code and the whole process would stop. And until you had sorted out that issue, then that is when now the next process would continue. You'd move that part to the next person. So you see that really gave the worker at, at the line, the, the, what did you call it? The, not the strength, but the capability to be able to control the production process and ensure that what they produced was safe and also was sound. So, then in 1999, Dr. Amy Anderson, who is considered the, would you say the mother or the, the person who actually coined um, psychological safety, she was studying uh, clinical teams and the number of mistakes that the different teams made. So during her research, she was surprised to find that teams with higher number of good outcomes actually made more mistakes. 
than teams with fewer outcomes. So it was a surprising result. And after investigating further, she discovered that this was because the teams with better outcomes were admitting more mistakes, while the teams with fewer good outcomes were more likely hiding their mistakes. And as a result, she formulated the concept of uh, psychological safety, which was the belief that one will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes. So this concept has soared into the HR radar over the past few years. And in 2015, a two-year study by Google was published, exploring the most essential aspects of building a, a successful team. And they found that success wasn't down to having intelligent or ambitious people, which was a surprise. But it was nor was it the result of uh, methodical, precise employees who, paid, who made few mistakes. Instead, they found that psychological safety was the single most important factor that led to successful teams. So that project by Google was called Project Aristotle um, from the famous uh, Greek um, philosopher, philosopher. And they found that the teams which made yeah. more mistakes were more successful. And why was this? This was because those who admitted to their mistakes were being open. And from those mistakes, they were learning from the mistakes because we learn from our mistakes. And when we hide our mistakes or when you make a mistake and you hide it under the carpet, most likely it will come out somewhere else later on. So, they, so mm. if somebody messed up, they communicated about it and they didn't feel an immediate sense of an ease or sweep the error under the carpet or quickly clean it up before anyone else saw it. So by admitting those mistakes, they were able to find solutions to them and everybody learned from it and they, they became better as a team because that bonded them together. So that's the brief history mm. from how psychological safety has developed from the 1960s to where we are today. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Uh, and I particularly like the, um, the, the example of, of Toyota where they really gave uh, their employees the agency uh, of, of having the, the, the power to stop a whole production line when you find a mistake. I feel like that is a really powerful uh, tool to, to, to enable uh, your employees to be more, uh, to have more uh, ownership, yes. ownership in, in what they're doing. And I believe that's a really powerful, powerful concept. So uh, I, I'm wondering if you, you, you've been in a psychological, uh, how do you put this? In a psychologically safe environment. Uh, if if you, you've been in one, uh, what, what was your experience? How, how was that? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I, I, and I can, I, I have been, but at that time I didn't know that it was being in a psychologically safe environment. But in my, one of my previous jobs, our MD created an energizing and really, really inspiring environment where as managers, as people in his team, we felt free to challenge each other, admit our mistakes, ask for help when it was needed. And during that time, the company really grew exponentially to become a leader in the field where we were operating in. 
So we were able to challenge each other when, even when there was, because it was a tech company at that point and for tech companies, um, being uh, psychologically safe is really important because that's how innovation comes about. And so we developed really good systems during that time because our developers were able to come up with crazy ideas. Some of them we implemented, others um, give them the leeway to work on them. And when we find they were not working, then it, all, it always led to something else and, and a business idea. So the company really grew. But as uh, we say, change always happens in an organization. So the MD moved on. Now the replacement who came totally killed that spirit. He didn't, he wanted to be the one who always had the final say. So he really killed the ability of people to innovate, to be able to speak up. If there was a problem, being able to bring it to the table. And it was really stressful going to work in that scenario. And at the end of it, I felt that I couldn't continue working there because I felt every time in the morning when you're waking up, you're feeling sick to go to work. So I eventually resigned without even knowing whether I was going to have another job or not. I resigned. So that's the impact wow. that psychological safety has on employees. So times you can have very good employees, but if you're not giving them the space to be who they are, you kill them and their ability to be able to deliver to the organization. Wow. You know, when you were sharing your story, I remember the quote, I think I read somewhere that, you know, people don't leave jobs. People leave toxic yeah. work cultures and bad bosses and the like. So, yes. and, yeah, true. and what I've also been able to gather is that a psychologically safe workplace is a hub for growth and innovation. And perhaps we yeah. could just uh, touch more on that. Like, what are the benefits of um creating this kind of environment i know you, we've talked about a, a few of them but i'd like us to go into more detail you know as to why we're even having these conversations why is it important to curate such a space so the first thing is that psychological safety for anything that we do in business we're always thinking about the bottom line and the thing is that good psychological safety in an organization really goes towards having that um, improved bottom line. So right now, supporting mental health in the workplace is not just a nice to have, but it is a necessity that creating wellness solutions to help employees thrive is the first step towards that company really growing in leaps and bounds. So the positive mental health at work helps teams remain agile while changing roles and responsibilities. It helps them face difficult challenges. So it helps the employees flourish in their roles, manage their stress, and it also boosts their resilience. So some of the benefits that we can see of um, having good psychological safety and wellness in an organization. The first one is an increased likelihood of successful innovation, which results in a quicker time to market because you're giving time you're giving people an opportunity to express themselves, to bring those ideas that you might think are crazy. And those crazy ideas are what come into, develop into amazing products in the market. So it also brings about an increased ability to learn from mistakes. So it results into fewer problems. 
when you're developing products, your employees are most likely, they're not going to hide quality issues. They're going to own up to them. And so that means that you'll not have problems with your products in the market. Increased reporting of concerns and security issues results in decreased risk of security for employees. Again, which also affects the bottom line because when your employees are safe and healthy, then you will not spend as much in terms of um, medical bills, having to pay insurance. And when you're, uh, for example, under Weber, when you have a lot of injuries in the workplace, then that means that your insurance premiums will increase then and your employees will also not feel safe at work. And then it also brings about increased employee engagement, which results in lower churn rates, decreased costs from recruitment and absenteeism because the employees will not be dreading waking up in the morning and coming to work. It also results in an improved reputation for the organization. And you become an organization that it will be attracting the best talent that is there in the market. And from all that, the, it, it brings about uh, an increase in the, in the profitability of the bottom line which is why businesses are there in the first place. Exactly. That is why businesses exist so that they can be able, you know, to. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love that. I love that you shared. So it's really clear that it's important to be able to create such a space. So I think my next question is really about how to go about it. And while you're speaking, I was just wondering whose responsibility essentially is it to create this space does it just solely fall on the managers or do also the employees have the responsibility to do that maybe you can go into that a bit about that how do we go about it okay so okay the main responsibility would be that the leaders are the ones who will be it's the responsibility to be able to create a safe workplace but then the responsibility for a safe work environment is for everyone in the organization. Because we also have to be able to want to be at a workplace that is safe and that creates a conducive environment for us to work. So while leaders have a role in shaping the team's culture, it is also up to each and every member in the team or the organization to contribute to a psychologically safe climate at work. So they, we need to be able to accept each other we need to be able to be open enough that uh, even when you feel that somebody has asked a stupid question and there are no stupid questions, that you don't shame them about those stupid questions, but you try and answer them because that person is asking that question because they needed to know uh, whatever it was. So as team members, we need to be able to accept our um, colleagues as they are. We also need to be honest enough in whatever it is that we are talking about we need to embrace each other with all our diversities. So at times there are people who think that I have stayed in this organization for too long. Um, I'm, in terms of years, I'm senior. So what are you coming to tell me as a junior member? We have to accept each other as we are. So, and that is why it also brings in now diversity and inclusion. So which are very also important concepts in being able to, um, to create that psychologically safe um, environment. So we need to express gratitude for each other, which also, when somebody does something nice, don't keep quiet about it. Be able to thank the person, interact with each other and be able to speak up. When Even when you see somebody who is being bullied at work, 
don't keep quiet about it and say it's not your business, but speak up. So that is why now it comes, it's the responsibility of everybody to be able to create that safe workplace. And so now when then we come back to the question of how does how does then how do we create that psychologically safe workplace? So the first one in terms of the organization and what the leaders will do is that they have to make psychological safety a priority, an explicit one, not an implicit one. They have to make it explicit so that everybody knows that in this organization, we accept people as they are. If you make mistakes, mistakes are there for us to learn. So they also need to be able to talk about it. So they talk about the importance of practicing psychological safety and also walk the talk. Not just talk about it, but also model behaviors that they want to see so that then they can set the stage for inclusive leadership practices. And then the other one is that they need to be able to facilitate everybody speaking up. And how do they do that? So you, they need to be able to show, as leaders, you need to be able to show genuine curiosity for people and also empathy. And also being honest as an individual. So being open-minded, compassionate. So. Um, Anybody, even bringing up those people who you think are quiet, they don't speak, being able to bring them up and valuing the ideas and what they share. And so that then everybody sees that that is important and everybody's views are going to be listened to. Then the other one is then also establish um, norms or procedures of how failure is handled. So don't punish experimentation or reasonable risk taking encourage learning from failures and disappointments and openly share hard-won lessons, learn from mistakes. And doing this will help encourage innovation instead of sabotaging it. Because if I know that, if I make a mistake or I'm trying out something that I thought could, could be of benefit, if I know that if I fail, I'll not be punished or shamed about it, then I'll go ahead and that is how you learn and you have those eureka moments. And then the other one is that you create space for new ideas, even those wild, wild ones that people think, oh my goodness, that I, I don't think it would even work. So when challenging an idea, you provide the challenge in the larger context of support. So you're asking this person questions about the ideas so as to support them to make the idea better, not to bring them down. And then you create um, innovative mindsets, mindsets in the team so that then those ideas can be well formulated to become ideas that can help the organization grow. And then another way that that can be um, fostered is embracing productive conflict because conflict is good. It's only when it is negative because um, people come from different backgrounds. There's no time that we will all ever, all of us see from the same point of view. So promote dialogue and productive debate and work to resolve conflicts productively. So when that is done, then that also makes the members um, comfortable. They're able to communicate their concerns about a process that is not working. They can share their reservations in a respectful manner with their colleagues. And then they can also manage conflicting perspectives that I can accept your idea even though I don't I can respect your idea, even though I don't totally, I don't believe in it, but because you're a member of my team, I know you have something to add. And even though I don't agree with it, 
I can accept it. So basically, those are the main things of how leaders can be able to create that psychologically safe environment. Wow. I feel like you have very clearly articulated some of the structures and designs that need to be in place so that, you know, psychologically, as a psychological safe workplace can be curated. And maybe, you know, I'm wondering about uh, the fundamental definition of the workplace. We know it's constantly changing, and especially after the pandemic, the workplace has shifted to a more virtual setting in most cases. So how do we apply the concept of psychological safety in the, you know, the people who are either the virtual or the hybrid workplace? What would you say about that? Yes, because that is where now, that is where we are, um, we are, we are going. So most of the workplaces have become virtual. We no longer have, we have hybrid uh, workspaces. We are not just um, saying that we are working in uh, the traditional workplace. So the first one now, and this where this is where we are using various tools like Zoom to be able to, commu to, to communicate. We are using apps like Slack so that we can be able to communicate and work together as an organize as as people in a team so the first one is that we need to be able to set the norms of when we are going to be meeting as teams so despite the fact that um and and one of the challenges of uh, the challenges of um working at home which is what we are doing or working remotely is that the, the 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 line between working hours and um, which was there previously has really is really blurred right now. So people, anytime you you might get people are working in different areas in the world, different time zones. So people might feel that um, um every time that I'm at work is just working. Somebody will send me an email at midnight because that is their time zone, and I'm expected to and to, to be able to reply to it, even though it is my resting time. So how do we work on that? So the first plan is to be able to set timelines on when do we schedule our working hours, depending on where we are. We also need to be able to create the balance, the, the work-life balance. If somebody says that they're not available, we need to be able to respect that. And then we also, when, when we're having a meeting, we need to really have clear um, agendas for those meetings and not let those meetings run throughout. Then we also need to set the norms for those meetings. So when we log into a meeting, uh, what are the expectations? Should everybody be on camera because um, have their video on? Because at times when there, there's been this tendency of when people are having online meetings, people log on, uh, you can see their name, uh, they, are, they, are, they are muted, their camera is off, and they are busy attending to other things. So when we are having meetings, let us all be present. And then another thing that uh, is also very important is to be able to ensure that um, everybody is given space and time to be able to talk during that meeting so that others are not left out. Because at times, the people, with, um, people who are reserved and quiet at times end up being the ones who have very good ideas, but at times they're not given that opportunity to be able to express themselves. So that is what I can say about um, creating that psychological safety in the 
hybrid or work from home environments yet? This 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 is a very uh, this is a very it's a, it's a very important point because um, as as much as uh, psychological safety uh, helps uh, companies be more uh, innovative, uh, it has to take into account the fact that uh, the, the innovation is already happening. So like they have to follow each other, yeah. right? Uh, the workplace is already changing. Mm -hmm. And so for the innovation to follow where uh, the workplace is going, uh, there needs to be these conversations, there needs to be people thinking about how to apply these concepts in this changing environment. Yeah, um, yeah so we, we, we can all agree that uh, dealing with people is definitely not easy and that uh, HR managers do not have an easy job. And so from, from your years of experience and uh, from uh, all the work that you've done and uh, yeah, I, I, I just would like you to maybe give some advice to the managers that are listening to us today uh, on how to, to create uh, that, that safe uh, workplace. Uh, how, how uh, I mean, what, what advice would you give to, to a HR manager who is trying to, to accomplish psychological safety in the workplace? Okay, so the first one that um, I would say for HR, it's very important that uh, we are able to create that environment at the workplace where employees are able to thrive so that then they can be able to be productive and give their best. So some of the ways that I can be able to say that HR can be able to help with that is that first, we have to be able to secure executive buying because without the executive buying, then this will be something that we'll be talking about, but the leadership are not buying into it and they create environments where that are really uh, suffocating for people. So the first one is to be able to secure their buying. Then the second one would be um, beginning workplace dialogue, raising awareness, focus on workplace practices and processes that are part of the everyday experience to facilitate team discussions. Then we also need to review our policies and processes, ask ourselves how might each of them impact the psychological health and safety of our employees. So we need to go back to the drain board look which processes, which uh, policies do we have that do not uh, create that psychologically safe environment. Then also develop guiding principles that can be applied for all future decisions and discussions. And then, um, then we also need to assess what are the psychosocial factors in our workplace that we need to look at, such as our organization culture, what are the leadership uh, expectations? Are they clear? What are the growth and development um, avenues that we have for people in an, for people to grow in the organization? How are, how are our recognition and reward policies? How do we involve and influence um, and create that enabling environment for people? And then also, are we creating work-life balance for our employees? Because when we don't have that life balance for our employees, we're not creating that environment where they are able to balance their life and their work priorities, then we have stressed people. And then we also need to set goals 
about how do we address concerns like bullying, harassment, violence, discrimination in the workplace, which are factors that lead to a lot of stress and also affect how psychologically safe people feel in the organization. And then we also need to look at the things that are um, the, the factors that, or the measures that let us know that we have a problem. For example, our turnover rates, we need to have baselines for them, numbers of complaints that we are receiving and or grievances, and how are we addressing them? What benefits are we giving to our employees? Um, what are rates of uh, absenteeism? Do we have problematic substance abuse within the organization? Because all those are uh, signs that everything is not working out as it should be. And then we also need to create a plan of action when we find that we have problems, organizational goals and objectives to be able to address them so that then we create that safe space for our employees. And then also review and strengthen our existing initiatives such as uh, employee engagement um, practices, uh, staff social events, uh, performance support to be able to, which help in ensuring that everybody is, is uh, delivering or contributing the way they should. And then um, we can also look at how to develop a process of tracking, communicating and soliciting feedback from employees so that then they feel that their voice is heard. And then, and the main one then is continually improving on our processes, uh, training, providing training for our, for our leaders and managers, for them to be able to create that safe space for their employees, to be able to walk the talk. Do they embrace the, do they embrace giving people an, an, a hearing? How, how are they dealing with mistakes in the, when they happen in their teams? Are they taken as learning points? or are they taken as um, a do or die situation? So in a nutshell, I think that is what HR can be able to do to facilitate or create that, um, enable that environment of, psycholo of uh, psychological safety. That's very detailed and I think uh, it, 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 it's a great resource for those who are, who are listening. Um, yeah, so maybe just to, to make it a little, a little bit fun mm -hmm. as we are winding down mm -hmm. our discussion. Yes. Uh, I'm sure this takes a lot of uh, try, uh, you try, you fail. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know if maybe you have some experiences just to, to make sure that people who are listening uh, have some, uh, some idea of the difficulties that they will be facing in the future. Maybe you have some anecdotes or some experiences uh, that were uh, that you've been, that you you've gone through that were difficult for the managers to 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 cope with. Uh, so uh, so maybe just uh, a few anecdotes, some difficulties that managers should be prepared for when they are trying to accomplish uh, a psychologically safe workplace. So. The first one that um, I would be able to talk about, and which is um, really with what we are experiencing right now, is the, you know, the VUCA, the VUCA effect. We are, we are dealing with uh, everything is always, it's very, it's a volatile, um, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity in the current world that we're living in. So that mm -hmm. is, 
one day you will wake up as a business is going this way tomorrow you find a challenge so that's really going to affect how as leaders and as managers we are able to create those psychologically safe workplaces because no matter how you try there's always something that's going to come up in the last two years we were dealing with um, covid we managed to go through that we thought that we were in a relatively stable place and then what comes up again now we have the ukraine russia war which is affecting supply chains disrupting businesses including um the ability to get raw materials and especially here in africa again well, we are also seeing that affecting the basic food items like for example wheat a lot of bread the prices have shot through the roof because ukraine was a major exporter of wheat so that is not getting to where it is in the world it's also it was also it's a major importer of uh, exporter of various other items that are used in manufacturing so that is affecting the ability of companies to be able to create that space because they are facing these challenges and when companies are not doing well then the employees will are also going to be very affected because they don't know whether their jobs are still there or not then the other one is also it's called the trust effect uh creating trust in an organization is also is very difficult and if because if you don't have the trust it's going to be very difficult for you to be able to create that psychologically safe environment because the most important uh factor needed for psychological safety to thrive in an organization is trust so creating trust is therefore the first step that they need to see how they need to take a look at how much do our are we able are we trustworthy to our the people who report to us have we created an enabling environment for them to be able to trust us so that then from there then we can be able to create that um safety that is really really important in the workplace and then the other effect that um is also a challenge is the virtual effect so when it's in the normal environment creating trust is difficult so the virtual environment makes it many more times difficult to do that and because psychological safety relies in part in detecting social cues how is somebody behaving being able to read the body language and this can be near impossible in virtual working environments and so to be able to stay a step ahead then you need to be able to develop other means of being able to check in on people so you need to have the constant checking ins being able to ask people open ended questions so that they can be able to tell you how they are actually feeling and then be as a leader being vulnerable yourself so there's um one um person who I was talking to and they said uh, during a meeting so they decided to check in on everybody and with open ended questions so they asked one person how they were doing so this person you would have thought that the, uh, from the work they were doing and everything they seemed that they were okay but they were not so when they explained to them they said this is really stressful we are in we are at home with the, my wife and three kids and everybody needs to be online and we only have um three devices so are we and you know how children are with gadgets so by the time you're online your child wants to have one and they will not rest or give you the peace you need to be able to work properly and so the person said oh 
um, we have quite a number of devices uh, uh, in our stores. So I'll give you some two more so that then everybody you're able to do your work properly and then you can also keep your children engaged. So you see at times if you don't ask, you won't know what people are going, so, are going through. So ask, talk to people as humans and not just as workers. Get to know what they are actually experiencing and what they are going through. Because at times people could be going through a lot, but if you don't ask them how they are, you won't know and you won't be able to get to talk to them at that level. And that helps to create trust. All right. So yeah, uh, to those who ask, it shall be given. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I also understand that um, it's really important to uh, for a manager to be aware of the situation that is in the situation of of all of his employees so yeah uh we are at, at the end of our session today i don't know if we we covered all the 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 points because we, we are not as experienced as you are so i'm wondering if we covered all the points uh the important points at least uh before we 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 come to a close yes i would say that we've covered uh, most of the important ones so yeah. I hope our listeners will be able to, to get something that uh, they can use to be able to start creating those um, psychologically safe environments at their workplaces. Yeah. Thank you very much, Barbara, for uh, the very insightful session. If, if, if people wanted to connect with you, how, how would you advise them to, to go about it? Where would they find you? They can get in touch with me uh, my email address is uh, barbaragatmuta at uh, gmail.com. Yeah, I think uh, that would be the best way to do about it. Or they can also call. Okay. Yeah, they can also call me on 0755-136-099 and we can continue the discussion further. Once again, thank you everyone for tuning in to the People Champion podcast that's powered by Elevate HR a cloud-based HR platform tailored for the African market. You can find more exciting conversations from the People Champion podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even Anchor. Also, please make sure you follow Elevate HR on all social media platforms. Till next time, bye!